those little moments, like the moment when you put some words on a melody and it feels just perfect, just right. I'm talking about it right now and I have chills. It's like the most magic thing in the world to like invent some things that didn't exist before and that are new and that don't cost anything. It's magic. From NCPR, welcome to Northwards. People, ideas and conversations from and about Northern New York, Vermont and beyond. I'm Mitch Tyke. Support for the Northwards podcast comes from Joe Steininger and Mary McDonald in support of the Adirondack Foundation, building stronger Adirondack communities. It is June 9th, at least if you're listening on the day this episode dropped. And if all goes well, I am heading out the door this evening to go to Ottawa to catch a concert featuring a group from the Gaspé Peninsula of Quebec. It is a show by Les Sures Boulet, sisters Stephanie and Melanie Boulet, whose fourth album came out late last fall. The album's sound is a little more layered and a little more electronic than those that came before, but still features their distinctive complementary voices that can sound like Simon and Garfunkel were reinvented as two sisters from Quebec. Anyway, the album called Échappé à la Nuit, or Escape the Night, made a big splash in French-speaking Canada, though maybe not as big a splash as the Taylor Swift album that came out the very same day, but a splash nonetheless, and, you know, how can you compete with Taylor Swift anyway? But the concert at Ottawa's National Arts Centre is a great reason to revisit an interview we did with Stephanie Boulay, the first time she had talked about her music career in English. I reached Stephanie Boulay in Montreal. Merci beaucoup. Thank you so much for joining us. Merci. Thank you. <laughs> so was it your plan to have an album come out on the same morning as Taylor Swift's record? It wasn't planned, but I think it's a sign because I really love Taylor Swift. She's like my goal in life. <laughs> I, when I, when I, I grow up, I want to be Taylor Swift. So I'm thrilled when I saw I was like, uh, it's a sign. Uh, so when I woke up, I listened to her album while Ours was like going out. So it's very exciting for me. <laughs> but my sister hates Taylor Swift. It's very weird because we usually we love the same music. But for Taylor Swift, it's like a big uh, issue for us. We always fight over Taylor Swift. So it's very fun. <laughs> it would be funny if Taylor Swift woke up this morning and was listening to your new album, though. My dream. <laughs> One day. <laughs> Um, so this is your fourth album, um, and for people on this side of the border who might not know your first three, it is both maybe saying more rich and also darker in a lot of ways than your first three. Is the feeling or the, the nerves or the anticipation on the day it goes out into the world different than with the first three? It is in some points. But in some points, it's the same. Like, you never get used to this feeling. I woke up this morning and I wanted to, like, climb mountains. And, like, <laughs> it's stressful because on this album, we talk a lot, uh, about a lot of, uh, like, very deep subjects. We take less detours, less metaphors to, like, say things. So it's very scary for us. We don't know how people will react because it talks about people we know and sometimes they don't know we're talking about them. So it's very, it, it's mixed feelings. But in some ways, the fact that we are in the, the music industry for like 10 years, it makes it like a, we hope people still want to hear about us. So we were thinking like 
will people listen to it? And in some ways, it's very different from what we have done before. So we're like, are they going to get disappointed with it? And are are they fo still following us? Do you think, though, that you had to have the first three albums, which are more metaphorical and, and maybe lighter feeling or more philosophical, to be able to yeah. do this fourth one? Of course, we, we never could have done this kind of things. Uh, people wouldn't, wouldn't have reacted <laughs> well. And when we started, we were like very crafty. We were young and we were playing guitars and like all, kind, all kinds of crafty sounding instruments. Ah, ah, j'ai pas dit bye Parmi les choses à leur place Pas laisser de mots Juste ma photo en grimace because we are we were always always like more singer songwriters so we we learned to play those instruments while uh, pursuing our career yeah. <laughs> so it's crazy and we were very protective of our sound we were always playing and we were sometimes on stage like just the two of us and when people were adding we were like oh don't play too loud and now we're i think we're freer like we we know what we're worth we know uh, that our sound is more about our voices and songwriting than uh, the instruments we put on it. But I, I know that Connor Sedel, our, our producer, was kind of um, stressful about it too. He made his mother and his girlfriend listen to the songs <laughs> before they got, just to make sure that it wasn't too different from what we have done before. And I think it's it's just more fun to like explore and uh, try new things and the, the like the synth and things like that. We haven't used them before and we don't know anything about them. So it all comes from Connor, but we're learning through it. So it's very ex it's exciting, I think. must have had to build up a lot of trust between you and Connor to to be able to say okay we're going to go with the synth and this this feel that we've just never done before oh yes because those sounds are very subtle and it's you have to be very careful for it to be like tasty and with another person I like you say the trust is very important I trust Connor I trust his uh, his taste and his vision and it's the same for my sister so we were like okay bring us somewhere and i trust you that it's going to be at the right place with the right flavor the right color yeah 
and you were talking about your early days. If you if you go far enough back on YouTube, you can still find videos of you and your sister at the very beginning of your career playing at is it the Fremont Festival, where a, a a guy in a bunny suit joins you on stage, and there's oh a, my God. <laughs> and what really comes through is how hard the two of you seem to be trying. When you think about those days. And now you think about today, the day this fourth record comes out. Is this the music career you were trying so hard to get? Yes, in some ways. I think my sister and I disagree with that, too, because I had more ambition, I think. I, I remember when I uh, when I got 30 years old, I was like, I've done everything I wanted to do in my life. Like all the, the goals you have to mm -hmm. check on your list, I had checked them all, even like I wanted to sing with Richard Desjardins, it yeah. happened. I wanted to sing with Martha Wainwright, it arrived. Yeah. So I was like, what's next? And I realized when I see girls like Charlotte Cardin, for example, I realized that one part of me wanted to be like playing in stadiums like Taylor Swift. But I know in some ways that I don't have that in me because like exposure uh, freaks me out. Uh, sometimes when I... When I'm with too many people, I want to go hide in my house and be alone for like weeks. So I think in some ways, this is exactly the career we were meant to have. But there's always a part of me that has to grieve about what I could have done if my life was like much different from what it is now. But I, I think we found like a... A center. I like to walk in the streets of Montreal and nobody notices me. Uh, I have a normal life and lose that, we will be unhappy. I, I guess I wonder if that's kind of represented the first song on the album, uh, Je vais te faire danser, um, kind of, does, does it sort of speak to those those contradictions? Yes. <laughs> Understood well There's a lot of uh, issues that we have about image, for instance, like uh, people in the show business, uh, everybody's pretty, everybody's thin, everybody's like perfect all the time. We always felt like we didn't fit in those standards. Even if we do in some ways, but I think everyone thinks they don't fit because it's so like precise and very. Uh, so yeah, it's um, it's wanting to be out there, but being scared of what people perceive of you. And we made we made mistakes in our careers. We said things we shouldn't have said. We did things we shouldn't have done. So it's like. What's your, what's the point? What's your place? Uh, do we still want to be in those, uh, in this show business? Uh, why are we creating songs? Is it to be seen, to be heard? Is it to be admired? Or is it just to create something that that's beautiful and didn't exist before? Mm. So it's like all those questions 
they came uh, after there was a, another uh, wave of me too like two years ago in quebec it was devastating for every one of us we lost our uh, label we lost everyone who worked with us since the beginning so we have to we had to create another team new people to trust so it's it, it, it was born from the state of like i don't want to do this anymore but i still want to so what's how can i still make music without being um swallowed in those worlds that are ugly and dark yeah do you feel like have you worked out the answer to that question? Why do I do this? Why why is this the uh, the the thing that I do for the world? Yes, it's those little moments, like the moment when you put some words on a melody and it feels just perfect, just right. This is I'm talking about it right now and I have chills. It's like the most magic thing in the world to like invent some things that didn't exist before and that are new and that don't cost anything. Like it's magic. And I know for my sister, it's the same. Like we look at each other and we say like, oh my God, this is it. Comme l'eau qui se dépose si on lui offre un abri Qui même si elle se pose ne part pas sa folie quand ma tête se repose dans l'étoile de mon lit, je soigne et j'arrose ce qui me garde en vie. Coule, coule, ma and second part, studio, like being with friends, with gear, and like time and good coffee and just chatting about life and music and just creating something, recording something, and again, when it feels right. It's still magic. So this is the beginning and this is, but it, it's kind of fun too to like go in galas and wear gowns <laughs> and hair and makeup. And it's nice. I cannot lie, but to be like uh, equilibré, I don't know what's the word in English, but to be uh, well in the situation, you have to, I think, care more about the creation and crafty parts than the glamour parts. Yeah. Yeah. You gave me chills too, by the way. Uh. <laughs> you just put it so well, and and your English is much better than you think it is. Thank you, <laughs> I listen to a lot of uh, of English TV. So. <laughs> My daughter, who is studying language and linguistics in college, uh, pointed out your use of gender-neutral language, if that's how you would describe it, in some of your social media posts. Um, you are you're also a published author. You're an anti-violence activist and at least a part-time farmer and beekeeper, if if I understand right. Where where do you see these other parts of your life that you share as a force for change in the world? I think that I understand your question. What I would say is that I feel very lucky because being a successful musician, I have a lot of time and a lot of resources that give me like the energy to to put in in those things. Like if I had no time and I had to work like 80 hours a week, I wouldn't have time to do beekeeping and to read books and to write books because writing books, it, it's it's a it's supposed to be a job, but it's a hobby because it doesn't pay well enough. So I have a great freedom that comes with my position, I guess, in society. And I'm 
very, very, um, I have so much gratitude and I'm trying to never forget that I'm privileged to have this position and not take it for granted and using it in the best way I could, even if sometimes I don't. Like, I don't pretend I use it well. I'm very selfish. There's so many things I don't do that I should do, but I'm trying to be like just, and I have resources to do therapy even. Like some people don't. Some people are in, on waiting lists for like two years. So I'm very lucky. Yeah. Is, is writing music also a form of therapy for you? Of course. And before, I think you said the word activist and I, I like jumped a little bit because I don't perceive myself as so. But um, lately we have been very vocal on social media and like uh, fighting against and for things. And we got a lot of uh, love from it and a lot of hate too. And at some point we had to distance ourselves from these platforms like there's a song on the album surtout surtout yeah. that says just don't do that and we're talking to <laughs> to us to ourselves <laughs> energy and time like just fighting with people on social media and at one point we said to each other let's just put this in songs instead like maybe it will be more helpful and bring us less pain because it's very painful sometimes to read like everybody hating you on the internet because you said something that that disappointed them mm. At the same time, I mean, the the song uh, To Chercher Tes Souliers is so yeah. painful to, to listen to. I can't even imagine what it must be like to sing. Yes, I, I, it's my sister who sings it. <laughs> and sometimes I'm happy I don't have to. Because, uh, yeah, it's always this, like... We have to say those things. We have to sing those things. But it's very painful. There was a song on the last album. I talked about a toxic relationship. Very painful, toxic relationship. And I've never... I was in studio and I was crying while singing it. And I decided I will not play it again. Not on TV, not on radio, not on stage. Because I didn't want to revisit those parts. But uh, for Cherche Soulier, we managed a way to be able to sing it and to talk to people around us to explain why we did this. And I hope it's not that painful, that painful for people around us who are concerned by this song. And you have to be careful because you don't want to expose people that don't want to be exposed and that didn't choose to be exposed. So I think maybe we shouldn't have put this song on the record. And I remember the song Passama two days before we sent the the album like to go be pressed i told my sister we're removing the song from the album i don't want to 
put it out anymore. Like, I don't want to live with the consequences of talking about this subject. And my sister was like, okay, it's up to you, but I think it's important that it goes out. So it's very scary. Elle te ressemble, elle a la même voix. Et quand elle tremble, c'est toi qu'elle cherche dans le noir. And Pas Amer is, uh, this is about uh, relationship as a as a stepmother, is that, am I getting that right? Yeah, yeah totally. Like, I, I'm a stepmother uh, of two girls. I, my boyfriend has two uh, daughters. And when I arrived in this situation, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to, like, it's like entering a life that you didn't choose, that it's not, it's a family that's not yours. So you have to be there and not be there too much. And like I was trying to navigate this situation and I was talking to other persons that other girls, other women around me that were in the same situation and were like, nobody told us what to do. There's no like, uh, we were like talking about this in secret. And I was like, it doesn't have to be a secret anymore. Like people are going through this and they maybe they need to feel that they're not alone. So this is why I put it finally. Yeah, yeah it, it struck me listening to that. And that was one of the, the songs I, as an English and, and moderate French speaker, I thought I understood the best. And it, it really struck me that this is not a, this is not a story we hear represented in music very often. It's true. It's true. I, I, if you have one idea of another song or another, uh, but I didn't find any. Um, so at, at this point, we, we talked about this at the very beginning, um, but I guess the question I have is having lived with these songs in the studio and the writing process and thinking about them and how they might be received, is there a sense of relief or happiness now that the record is actually out there? Yeah. More happiness and excitement excitement than relief because I think the apprehension is more there than the relief because we hope people will like it we always want like we do this to be loved I think most people do I know I do not everybody but there's kind of a, a void in ourselves that has to be filled with um, love and I know it's not real love and we have to be careful. Like we've seen what it's done with uh, Marilyn Monroe, for example. <laughs> you have to be careful about this and, and be surrounded by people who know you for real and love you for real. But we always do this like for people to listen to it. And we always hope for the best. Yeah. Well, Stephanie Boulay, thank you so much. It was really it was such a delight to talk with you. And congratulations on the new album. Thank you for taking the time. It was a pleasure. Stephanie Boulay, along with her sister Melanie, make up Les Sur Boulay. Their fourth album is called Échappé à la Nuit, Escape the Night. They are playing a show in Ottawa on the day this episode drops, June 9th. But you can find a link to their music and their full tour schedule at ncpr.org northwards. 
Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Northwards. I'm Mitch Tyke. I hope you enjoyed our interview, and you can catch new content every Friday right here or wherever you get your podcasts. Find out more about Northwards and NCPR on our mobile app or at our website, ncpr.org. And while you're there, make a donation to support everything you hear on North Country Public Radio. Northwards is an NCPR podcast production. The show is written, edited, and produced by Mitch Tyke with digital production supervision by me, Ethan Shanty. Caitlin Kelly handles our social media, Bill Hanel is our digital director, and Doyle Dean is our production manager. Music is by the Wickmore Jazz Trio of Plattsburgh. To support this show and find more podcasts, visit ncpr.org. This is NCPR, North Country Public Radio.